0: Hello, this is Evangelist Vincent Skinner, and you are listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses and stirs a hunger for God in you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch your life through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Well, I want to give you two key scriptures for this weekend. First one is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, and it goes like this. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And so this weekend, I'm going to basically cover these three points, but the main point I want to cover is uh, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. The second scripture is found in Psalm, Psalm 17, verse 8, and it goes like this, Lord, keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me under the shadow of your wing. Now, I want to tell you something. Christianity today, unfortunately, especially in the Western world, which you are, is very, very consumer-driven. In other words, it's it, the kind of message that you hear in a lot of places, I'm not saying yeah, a lot of places, is really about what you can get out of God. Is that not true? And, and a lot of Christians, that's their glass ceiling, if, if, they, if, they, if they stop getting... They stop serving God. So their commitment is directly based in that. In fact, they did a study that ninety five or ninety nine percent of Christians' time spent before God in prayer is about their needs, their wants, and their desires. Can anybody say Amen? Come on, so it's it's very self driven. But, you know, if you read the Bible and you really read what Jesus taught and you you go through the epistles, you'll find that really it's quite the opposite. Tell tell your neighbor, it's quite the opposite. It was more about, God, what do you want? It was more about, I I will pay the price, I will do the sacrifice, I will lay my life down because... I love God because I want to be pleasing to him. That's Christianity. So turn to somebody and say to them it's not about me myself and I. See because some some look some songs in church should be written I worship me. It's all about me. What can you give me? And if you don't give it to me now I want to see management. And I want to find out why. That should be a song in some churches. That should be a, some, some songs that some, some Christians, maybe some of you, yeah, sing. Because <laughs> that's really what, what, what where many of our hearts are. And it's not, a, it's not our fault. It's society. Come on. I know you live in Sydney, Australia, where it's all about image. It's all about how you look, how you talk, how you perform. But Jesus, in the, in the kingdom of God, he is the performer. He is the one. It's all about him. But when he was here as a man, he prayed that famous prayer in the garden that he said, Father, it's my will, not is, is that what he said? He, says, he said, not my will, but your will be done. And I want to be honest with you. Every true Christian, their heart should be Lord, God Almighty, I want to be fully surrendered to you. I want to be fully pleasing to you. Show me, teach me how to do it. Now, you know, Jesus Christ has the right to ask you for everything. He has the right, you see, because we have the greatest love story in the Bible. It's found in John 3, verse 16. Maybe you know the verse. How many you know the verse? It says, For God so loved the world that He gave. What did He give? He gave His only begotten Son. In other words, He didn't give His second best. He gave His best. He gave Himself. He gave His Son, Jesus. And we know that Jesus, when He came to the earth... He didn't stop halfway and say, okay, you know what? I've had enough. I've had enough. They've beat me enough. They've pulled out my beard. They put a crown of thorns on me. I think it's enough. Let me call for the angels. He didn't do that. He didn't go halfway. He went all the way. And the Bible is very clear about the fact that they did not take his life. He gave his life. All right? So that's very important to know. So when he comes to you, and you receive what is freely given to you, and you receive eternal life, and you receive something that is eternal, you receive salvation. You receive this abundant life. It is only obvious that the one you surrender to, the one you receive that gift from, that you must give back to Him what He Himself has done. The Bible says, Unless you lose your life, unless you lay your life down, you cannot find life. Amen? Are, are you glad you came? And you might say, What has that got to do with the fellowship of the Holy Spirit? Everything, but come all four nights and you'll find out. <laughs> but, the, but the greatest love story starts really all the way in the beginning when God created this earth, and he put a garden in it, and he created man in his own image. How many of you know his name? What was the God's name? Adam. And, you know, Eve was made because Adam was lonely. <laughs> no, no, but, but anyway, you find Adam and Eve in the garden. And it says, now this is before sin came in the world. This is before the devil came and deceived Eve, okay? Everything was perfect. There was no sin. Because we know that because of sin... There's sickness, disease, and all the ugly things that are in this world. One person said, what is wrong with the world? You know, you look at the news, you say, what is wrong with the world? Look at all the the ugliness. Look at all the darkness. Look at all this stuff. The problem with the world is sin is eating away at society. But now this is before all of that. There's Adam, and they're in the garden. And something amazing happens. You, You read that God Almighty met with Adam in the cool of the day. And fellowshiped with him. So basically a perfect situation worked like this. It started with fellowship. It started with God walking and talking and fellowshipping with Adam in the cool of the day. Now think about it. What did they talk about? (laughs) There were no problems. Tell somebody there was no problems. (laughs) So Adam didn't come to the... to God and say, oh God, I'm so glad you're here this morning because you just don't know what's happening in the garden. No, there there were no problems. There's nothing. So what did they talk about? What were they doing? You see, so when we say, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit in our, in our minds today, we think, oh, yeah, I've got to get to God because I've got to tell Him what I need. I've got a crisis. But this fellowship, you've got to see it in the beginning. There was no crisis. There was no need. Now, to some of us, we say, well, what did they talk about? <laughs> if, there's no, see, if there's no... Everyone say, if there's no need... There's no crisis. crisis. What's there to talk about then? What is prayer then? Come on. And yet, this was fellowship. He fellowshiped with Adam in the cool of the day. And it's out of that fellowship that Adam went and did what he needed to do in the garden. Isn't that amazing? There was no crisis. Prayer, Prayer for needs and that came later because of sin. But we know, now, now let's, let's look at it, because, okay, sin comes in the world. We know that it was all Adam's fault, and all the ladies say amen, but <laughs> we're going to. But anyway, sin comes into the world, and later on you find out that, that Moses, you, you all know who Moses is? He goes up into the mountain, remember, and he gets the Ten Commandments. He's, he fasted 40 days twice. Now, you know that's supernatural. You know, he went up 40 days, met with God, came down, was the first man to break the Ten Commandments, got really mad, had to go up and get a rewrite because he broke the first one, but, but he, he didn't eat in all that time, so it, it was supernatural. But while, it says that while he was meeting with God, because the Bible says he was, he was somebody that met with God face to face. Look at his response when he meets with God. He, his response in meeting this God is very similar to ours today when we get into the presence of God. His response was, Lord, God, show me your ways. I want to know you. It's interesting, when he got, when he got before God, it wasn't like, oh, Lord, don't strike me down. Oh, Lord, don't judge me. Oh, Lord, don't get angry with me. Even in that condition of sin, even before the Lamb of God, when he got before God, he saw God. It was somebody that he wanted to know. You see, that's 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 what happens when we get before God. And he saw he saw God. He said, "Lord, I want to know you. Show me your ways." And God answered and said, "My presence will go with you. Enter into my rest." And he must have been a a, a, a spiritful or charismatic. Belonged to the charismatic church. Because he prayed a very similar prayer to us. He said, Lord, show me your glory, because obviously, you know, we want to go with the glory there. Show me your glory. And God answers him and says, My name will pass before you, and my goodness will be passed before you, and I will show mercy upon whom I choose to show mercy, basically. So what you find is a God that hasn't changed from the beginning when he had fellowship with Adam. So it wasn't God that changed. It was man that changed. God's intention was still, I want to have fellowship with you. I want you to know me. Come on. You see, man changed. Sin came. But God didn't change. You see. Isn't that wonderful? And But now, of course, we had the sin issue. And that is why Jesus came. That's John three sixteen. you see. God sent his only begotten son, Jesus. And Jesus came, and he demonstrated the kingdom. He did powerful things. I mean, if you see what Jesus did, he cleansed the leper. He opened the blind eyes. He restored, he opened the, the, the deaf ears. He walked on water. He fed, he fed 5,000 people with a few fishes and a few loaves of bread. I mean, the stuff he did, even, even rose Lazarus from the dead, you know. I mean, Jesus is pretty awesome. You know, I think Hollywood actually missed their their calling. (laughs) I mean, they should have been around when Jesus was around, you know. But Jesus was amazing and he did all these things and he spoke about the kingdom. And it says in John chapter 1, it says that no man has revealed the Father until Jesus came. He revealed the Father. No man has seen the Father. Jesus even said. If you see me, you see the Father. Come on. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 13, se- se- chapter 1, verse 3 says that Christ is the exact image and exact representation of God and His nature. Jesus. Come on, that's pretty awesome. The Lamb of God. Come on, everybody say Jesus. Now, in John chapter 14, chapter 15, and chapter 16, you should all go read it, and you should all know it very well. Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, and he says something there. He says, it is to your benefit that I go, because unless I go, the, 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 the Spirit of truth cannot come to you. But if he comes, he will lead you into all truth. And he will take what is in me and he will reveal it to you. Do you understand that? Now that's pretty awesome because Jesus is now reinstated. Jesus is now on the right hand of the Father. Jesus is now glorified. Come on, tell somebody Jesus is risen, Jesus is resurrected, Jesus is no longer dead. You see? It's not like some of these churches where you go into and Jesus is still hanging on the cross and he looks like he's died of malnutrition, and and but he's still hanging there. Nobody's taken him off. He's not risen. It's not true. He is resurrected, but Jesus is also not the baby, cute, laying in the manger with the little sheep nearby. No, he did that, but he's not that anymore. Jesus, he's resurrected. His blood is already. It's On the mercy seat before the throne of God. It's not going to happen. It's already happened. Do you understand? So Jesus, Jesus is pretty amazing. Now the Holy Spirit, He takes all that is available in Jesus. All that Jesus purchased on the cross. All that Jesus did. And He makes it available to you and to me. Now that's very important. Because remember, what's the theme this weekend? The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Very important. So we have to understand that, okay, Holy Spirit, you're not just a good idea. You're not just a goose bump. You're You're not just an electric shock and a bump so that we can lay on the floor. You're not just the new wine so that we can get all happy, excited, and fall over. Can anybody say Amen. All right, now there's two scriptures that speak. How many of you know Acts chapter 1 verse 8? Come on, you should be good Christians. Come on. Who can tell me what that says? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power and you'll be witnesses to me in both Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. Now we know that one really good. You should anyway. But that's, that's most It's Pentecostal, Spirit-filled Christians' favorite verse, next to John three sixteen. Okay, now we we like to say, Lord, use us. Use us to heal the sick. Use us to cast out demons, you know, and all these things. But there's another scripture, one John chapter two verse twenty seven, that talks about the anointing that abides in you. And the anointing that will teach you all things. Now, the other, Acts chapter one verse eight, is the anointing for ministry to use you. But one John two verse twenty seven is your personal walk with God. Your personal, the, the anointing within you that that is connected to your relationship, your fellowship with God. Now, it's amazing. Most Christians. They become real, they, they pursue and they become really good in Acts chapter one verse eight. But 1 John 2:27, they don't even know about it. What? What is that? We don't know what that is. And they misunderstand it, you see. And that's where it comes into. Our our pursuit is constantly about what we can get from God, which isn't a bad thing, but I want to say this to you. If you find God, you find it all. But if you seek only to get from Him, that's not finding Him. Come on. That's like Christmas shopping. Let's go get the gift. Let's go get it. You no, know, they say never give anything away for free. Even in some business business circles, they say never give it away for free. Put a price on it because unless people pay something for it, it's not got it, it has no value to them. And that's the problem. We get so much free from God. Because God is merciful, he's gracious, he's full of love. That we, we begin to demand the freebies. <laughs> but we are not willing to pay any price. If it costs, we don't want it. Well, I want to tell you something. Turn to your neighbor. Help me out there today. Be a preacher. Turn to somebody and say, look, if you really want to go deep with God... If you really want to find God, it's going to cost you everything. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. See, this fellowship of the Holy Spirit is an interesting thing. Maybe you don't know it, but two months ago, I landed in Germany. I was supposed to be in Germany two weeks I ended up being in Germany for two months, not because I wanted to. I landed on Thursday, and by the next Monday, I was in hospital surgery, the whole thing, all right? I, I lost, I, I lost. Well, we worked it out, close to 25 kilos. But I went into emergency room thinking they're going give to me, give me an aspirin and send me home, but two hours later, I was in surgery, and I was like, my oh God, what's going on, you know? and but i was so I went in, and I came out Friday, and I was supposed to be in a town called Augsburg. Can you all say that thank you <laughs> it's It's near Stuttgart. can you say Stuttgart yeah. hallelujah and uh, but it was a big conference its It was a conference called uh, the Conference of the Holy Spirit, and I was the keynote speaker so and we tried to explain to him. Look, I've just been in hospital, been in surgery. They're like, so when are you going to be here? I said, what do, you, what not you understand? You know, I mean, no, no, when you're going to be here, you must be here. No, but I, no. So I said, well, I better go. So I, t- so, so I told the Lord. I said, okay, I will not, not preach because of sickness. You know, I mean, to hell with sickness. Can you say to hell with sickness? Because sickness is not of God. I believe sickness is of the devil. All right. Jesus paid a price. He says, By his stripes I am healed. So that's my rock. But anyway, I said, All right, I better go. So Sunday I go and I get there. But you've got to understand, I haven't had anything to eat for like now over a week. Yeah, talk about a forced fast. <laughs> 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 but I mean, I'm, I'm in pain. I'm high on medication. <laughs> And I get to this thing, and I'm supposed to be the Holy Ghost man, you know. (laughs) So I get there Sunday, and they scheduled me all afternoon Sunday. But I I said, sorry, I can't do that, you know. And I ended up going, and they had like a balcony in this church. So I went on top there, and I said, look, I'm going to stay here. And I watched from up there. I I laid on a couch. It was a perfect seat. But the next day was the main meeting of the whole thing. And I, I had to preach, and I went down there. And I'll tell you how bad I was. I managed to get to the front row. I sat down. I was so weak, and I had so much medication that during the worship, I fell asleep. (laughs) I was was gone, man. They they woke me up. Vincent, Vincent, you've got to go preach. I went, oh, my God. you know It was not a small conference, you know. So I, I go up. I'm behind the pulpit, but I'm telling you, I walk up there, I am so out of it, so weak, that every, like, I don't know how to explain it, I took a step, and I felt every step, My I don't know if my, my legs were going to carry me. I'm standing there, like, shaking, like, looking at the people, thinking, are we going to have a revival now? It's like, I'm really not physically able to. But I looked at them and I said, let's pray. And uh, we prayed. And I, I tell you what, when I prayed and I said, in the name of Jesus, now people can criticize all they want about the power of God. But I want you to know, when I said, in the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost came on me. And next thing I knew, I'm walking, I'm running, I'm jumping. And I had the craziest experience. The power of God was literally, I could feel it. He was holding me up and pushing me down at the same time. You all understand what I'm saying? I went like a madman. I was going around preaching, praying for people. Just to, to, We had a move of God. But here's what I experienced. While I was walking up in, and I, was, I heard my words come out of my mouth, I saw people getting touched. Praying for people and all that. But there was something else happening with me. In fact, I was having a, a meeting of my own. There were two meetings going on. One was what was happening out there. The other was I was so aware of the person of the Holy Spirit. That I said to myself, Lord, who cares about that? Stay with me. I'm telling you, there were two minutes. I didn't want it to end. Not because of what was happening, but because of the fellowship. You see. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I never want to lose it. That's more valuable. That's the treasure. That's it, right there. Now, I've been in the ministry 27 years. Been a Christian my 37th year. And I want you to know, even though I was in one of the craziest fights of my life, that fellowship that I experienced there was the most amazing thing. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, give that to me. If, if I only have that and I never have ministry, I never have anything else, I will be fully satisfied. So I want to talk about that this weekend. You know, the the thing the Lord showed me, because I said, Lord, how do I get it? How do I keep it? You see. And He showed me Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 and verse 46. It says, and again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Okay, so there's this businessman, merchant, he's he's a seeker of fine pearls, all right, and uh, really you can kind of see him, he's he's going all over the places, looking, 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 searching, seeking. Next verse, who when he had found one pearl, everybody say one pearl, of great price, yeah, come on, keep saying it, okay, we'll start all over again, "Who, who, when he had found one pearl of great price. Went and sold all that he had. And and bought it. (laughs) Some of you know where I'm going with this. You see, who is the pearl of great price? It is Jesus. It is God himself. It is that fellowship of the Holy Spirit because he is the one that takes what is available in Jesus. He takes Jesus and he makes Jesus. He reveals him to us. But upon finding that pearl, what does it say? He went and sold part, (laughs) some, what does it say? All. All. He went and sold all that he had. In other words, he sold everything. He came and bought, bought the pearl of great price. Now, I want to tell you something. Yari is... He's purchased it, he paid it, and he's holding that pearl of great price in his hand. And something amazing happens. He has nothing, but he has everything. He has everything, but he has nothing. Now I want to tell you Christians, that is the key. That is the key. It's not some, it's not half, it's not, it's... He sold it all. In other words, do you understand the exchange? Jesus said, this is the kingdom of heaven. This is how it works. You see, if you want to go deeper with God, if you truly want to encounter him, this is a very important verse. Amen. Come on, let's read it again. Let's start at verse 45. Again, Again. the kingdom of heaven heaven. is like a merchant merchant. seeking beautiful pearls. pearls. Who when he had found the one, there's only one, there's only one God, there's only one Jesus, there's only one that is worthy. One pearl of great price. Yeah. Now I'll tell you an interesting thing about a pearl. A pearl is formed. Inside of what? What is it formed inside of? Oyster. It is formed when a grain of, of, of sand gets in there and causes, basically, a wound. You know, what happened to Jesus? <laughs> Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace fell upon him, and by his stripes we are, are healed. He is the pearl of great price. He is beautiful, He is perfect, He is worthy because of, of what He did for us. And upon finding that one pool of great price, He went and sold it all, He gave it all. You see, the key is, you've got to give everything, you got to surrender, you've got to be all in. Amen. most look the 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 most of our problem, the most the root of most of our problems are areas in our life that we are not letting go of <laughs> we are not surrendering in other words what it is is a is a problem of yielding to god it's a problem of giving it all it's a problem of give, of giving over to him that's where the problem lies why do you think? Why do you think this, 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 this consumer Christianity of what can I get? Is so against this verse. Now, does it mean that God doesn't want to give, doesn't want to bless? Absolutely not. That's, what, not, that's not what we're saying. But I want to say to you, seek him. When you find him. You find it all. (laughs) He's the treasure. You possess everything when you have him. Psalms 17 verse 8 says, now you understand Psalm 17 verse 8, you see, where it says, keep me as the apple of your eye. How do you stay on somebody's apple? They're The apple of his eye. What is in that? It means you are number one. But it's a two-way street. In other words, to be the apple of somebody's eye means that love is the thing that anchors you to that person. Love is is, is the thing that joins you. You see, the apple of my eye. Keep me as that, Lord. Holy Spirit, keep me. I want to live pleasing before you. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Come on, this is not bad news. Some of you are looking at me like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? This is not bad news. This is good news. This is good news. Because some of you need to, need to turn your back on some stuff. Some of you need to really stop serving God in a, in a self-centered way. You know. Because that's what's binding you. That's actually what's hindering you. You know. How about seeking God to know him? How about seeking God because you love him? How about serving him because you love him and you want to be the apple of his eye? Come on. Now you might say, oh, I, I know that. but have you bought the pearl of great price? Have you laid it all down? It's so when you possess not, when you have nothing, you possess everything. In other words, nothing else possesses your heart except the Lord. He is number one. There's not a number two. Number one is number one. Number one means that's it. Nothing else owns you. Not money, not career. Those things are in your life, sure. But nothing else controls you or has lordship in your life. Not even in a second place or a third place. He is Lord of all. He is Lord of all. So, everybody say the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You know, that's what happened to me in that that meeting. My response to it was, I mean, when I got up there, I had pain, I was weak. When the Holy Spirit came on me, I had strength, I had power, and no pain. Okay? But the thing that impressed me most was that fellowship. And I said, Lord, how do I, how do I get it? And he showed me this verse. And I said, well, Lord, in that case, I sell it all. Nothing else is important. I mean, we say it so easy with our words. Don't we? So, uh, a lot gets said in church. Lord, I surrender. <laughs> I give it all. I mean, when the Holy Spirit's touching you, you'd say, Lord, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything. And then you leave church and you go, the Lord says, go this. No, no, Lord, I need my cappuccino. I want to go down this way. Because... <laughs> the next morning i am waking up and you know what do we do nowadays i wake up first thing you do is reach for your your smartphone and you want to see what's happening on social media or on the news you know and so i reach out and i start reading it and an amazing thing happened the holy spirit spoke to me and he said i thought i was first And I went, oh, (laughs) I went, oh, sorry. (laughs) I put it down, and I just said, okay, Lord, and I started waiting on him. But I figured it out. It wasn't about me. You see, when you come to him, I'll give you a key today. When you come to him, bring him what he wants, not what you want. That's a total shift for some of us. Bring him what he wants. Cater for him, not for you. And so that's what I did. I just started loving him. Just started waiting on him. Just started worshiping. I was just there for him, not for me. I just there for him. It's the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. When I looked it was seven o'clock in the morning, when I looked again it was two thirty in the afternoon and I didn't want it to stop, I could have carried on. But I had to go because somebody called a pastor came and got me. <laughs> I had to go preach, you know. But I want you to know something. That fellowship is worth more than anything in the world. And that's what we're gonna talk about this weekend. If you find that today, here in Sydney, Australia, it'll set you free. It'll empower you. It'll bring vision to your life. Some of you that are always having confusion in your mind and your emotions and all kinds of stuff, it'll change everything. Because what, what happens is you, you move out of that, of that thing that binds you into what, what that scripture talks about under the shadow of the Almighty. And if you study that, what that means is when you're under the shadow of the Almighty, it means you are under his protection. That's what it means. It means you're under his protection and he will look after you. He will provide for you and, he, and, and nothing will harm you. Nothing. That, that's, that's, that's the promise of being under the shadow of his wing. That's what it means. In other words, if you love Him and you truly love Him and you truly give Him everything, in other words, you truly go and you sell everything, you, you give everything, God says, you are mine. I'm jealous of you. You're the apple of my eye. Nothing will harm you and I will make sure that you are that you walking victory all the days of your life. Now that is the abundant life. Come on. Any Christians? Praise God. <laughs> so if you want to learn the, le- the rest, come tomorrow. But do you, hear, do you hear my heart? See, this is the journey. This is the God is a good God. He is wonderful. You know, He's wonderful. But you've got to choose Him. You know, the book of Galatians says God is not mocked. What you sow is what you will reap. And it says, if you sow into the flesh, in other words, you sow into things that are not good for you, you will reap destruction. But if you sow into the spirit, you will, you will, release, you will reap abundance, you will reap life. So it's a choice. There are consequences. To our choices. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to tell you this weekend: you're blessed, you're wonderful, you're good looking, but I'm also going to tell you the truth. Yeah. And I plan by the power of the Holy Spirit to challenge some of you to the core yeah. so that you can take that step over that line that has been before you all your life and you've been afraid to step over it and give it all. Yeah. Because, because the Lord wants some of you, to, to make that decision of full surrender, full yieldedness to him. That is really rooted in your love for him. I mean, it says it. If you love me, then obey my commandments. So if you truly love me, then do it my way. That's what it says. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray? Yeah. And let's stand up. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed it, please give us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can find it too. Have an amazing week and we'll see you next time.